The views and opinions discussed in this podcast are solely those of Murphy and Tara. No other companies are liable for what we think or how we feel. Friends and family of Hopefully Common Sense, you're right, we do not feel the way you do. Welcome back. This is Murphy and Tara's show. And we got a list of what people nowadays say a litany of things that we need to talk about. Number one on our list, why do ugly and average looking men constantly say they need the best looking woman in the world? Yeah, it's kind of a Kevin Samuels topic. I got my... I got my ideas about why, because <laughs> I've got two or three different examples in my life, buddies of mine, past, present, hopefully not future. But uh, I'm going to let Tara answer some of it, then I'll jump in. Tara, why do you feel like average guys, that, and that's on their best day, that's on the day their mama just spit in their eye and wiped out a coal out, and, or come in a woman's face thinking they need to have the perfect woman? I don't have the answer. I never <laughs> asked one before. <laughs> However, they they got a lot of balls though thinking that way. Oh yeah, they do it that. I've I've seen it. This is my <laughs> thing. I never looked at somebody for their physical appearance because it's some retarded motherfuckers that's pretty as hell. But I will look inside of a person. So if you going specifically looking for a certain look or whatever, and you're over the age of forty. You need to reevaluate your priorities. And you still single, at this point, you need to get what you can get. <laughs> I'm just saying, it's time to quit fucking playing games. It's time to start finding a life partner. Well, now let, and there's something wrong with everybody. Do you not think about it? Even the mo- most motherfucker you think is just beautiful. Look at her closely. I bet you one of her eyes bigger than the other. I bet she got a pygmy fourth toe. Or she got a vampire tooth that you didn't notice before. <laughs> or that little man in the back of her throat just stinking. Yes. <laughs> it's something wrong with everybody. I got one buddy that's deceased now. He swore up and down every woman he'd pick apart. Turns out he was borderline gay. And he didn't want nobody to know. And me being his best friend, I eventually figured it out, and it didn't make a difference to me. But at the same time, why are you so judgmental when you hate for people to be judgmental towards you? I wish he was here So right you now. don't know what kind of partner you want in life, and you got the nerve to be looking for a certain look. Oh, he wanted a little bit of both. <laughs> he dated a woman with an Adam's apple. Yeah. And actually, when I tried to ask him about it, just goes. That's my well, that was one of my best friends. At the time, I didn't know he was struggling with these feelings. Mm-hmm. I just knew that, hey, I don't want you to make a mistake that you're going to be sorry for tomorrow. Well, he damn near cussed me out when I asked him about it. Well, first he tried to ignore me. Then he damn near cussed me out. Saying that was the love of his life. He was going to marry her. And I'm thinking, you, you going to marry him? <laughs> Who pitching and who going to catch? That's what I really would like. Matter of fact, no, I don't even want to know all that. As soon I as he know. said that, I, I just go into, that's not my business. I live right here. 
Yeah, look, I don't want to know that. That's I don't, none of my business. I don't want to know who making eggs naked in the morning for breakfast. I don't want to know none of that. Speaking of that, <laughs> I told you about the TikTok I watched the other day. Which one? With the uh, gay lady, the older lady. I think so. Saying that she known that fighting for their rights, you know. Oh, to, yeah. Yeah, to be able to be out and proud of who they are would lead to children going to drag shows and things like that. And I'm just wondering how many parents would take their children. I'm not saying that teenager. I'm saying children to a drag show. Do you know how raunchy that can get? Not that there's anything wrong with it as long as it's all adults that, you know, because some of it is very entertaining. But to take a child. Basically, it's like taking your 12-year-old to a strip club. Right. And uh, I wouldn't do it. Would not do it. Uh, Daddy, can I know? You ain't no fun. I'm ass mama. Get your head beat in. Go ahead. Just don't tell it was my idea. I'm not joining you in that ass whooping. Yeah, because, and that's what she's saying. Some of them are so proud of who they are that they display their sexuality in a way that's very vulgar. And I'm putting it in a nice way. <laughs> but we can look at Lil Nas X at that little award show. You, we understand that that's your sexual preference. We respect that. It's okay. But respect that we don't want our children looking at that. Okay, we could change the channel, but... Some of those entertainers brought their children to the audience, bro, like real life. Oh, not to change subjects, but I need, think I need to change subjects just a little bit since you brought a Nas X. It makes me think of Nas. Question I got for you is, and I need to set this up. I forgot which rapper said that he felt like Nas was irrelevant to the culture. Oh, I heard about that. I didn't read it, but I heard about it. Okay, let me finish real quick. Mm -hmm. Since Nas is ir ir irrelevant to the culture. When this guy, I guess he's got hits in the younger generation, but he basically isn't talking about anything. Now, Nas is revered. He doesn't have, I guess, as many what you would consider hit albums, but he's revered by a lot of rappers that this guy will obviously look up to. Not him personally, but a lot of guys that he looks up to reveres Nas. What would you consider relevant to the culture if not for your forefathers that made significant advances in what you're doing for a living? If you do your research on Nas, he's influenced a lot of things in, in rap. And still doing it. Exactly. And that there alone makes him a legend, makes him very important in the hip-hop world. So whoever said that, just go back and read a book. That's your problem right there. Because <laughs> our kids don't even like, I don't like them old guys. Because uh, are you paying attention to what they're saying? You don't have to like them. At least paying attention to what they're and wanting you And give them their respect, bro. I mean, whatever. Give them their respect. I don't. Even, I didn't even like his music. I like some of it. But I respect the influence he have in the game. Yes. I like his interviews. The intelligence of it. So I can't do nothing but respect an intelligent person. Thank you. That's like saying, uh, no, nah, I didn't really care for, uh, I ain't really care for Nas and Jay-Z and all the rest of them. But I think Puffy is the shit. You know, Puffy wouldn't be the shit without the rest of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he can dance all he want. Hey, let's go back to talk about the ugly man. Okay, well, about the ugly man. You know how you say ugly men look for certain... Look for perfect tens? Yes. 
and really not equipped to deal with that emotionally? Because number one, you're running from your ugly. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. Second of all, let's just be real about the situation. If you're ugly, what can you get? If you do get what you want, you know why she's there. You know what? Some people chase a good heart, but if you ain't got no good heart, then it's what you going to do for me. And if she ain't looking a certain way according to your standards, you ain't in it with a good heart. Now, on the other side of the coin, you know, it's women like that, too. Oh, yeah, a lot of them. Let me give you a scenario. And they hate us. Let me give you a scenario. Say it's like a group of women go to the club, right? Mm -hmm. They see a group of men that they find, okay, one dude stand out, right? Mm -hmm. So the ugly one picks him up. That's the one she wants. So when dude come to the table and holler at a homegirl, oh, they not friends anymore. You know I liked him. That's the excuse. That's how deep it get. I thought women was would run an offensive line when they would like the guy together. Women are some hating ass mother. <laughs> it's funny. No, well, men just as bad. I Give remember, me a scenario. Okay, I'm just gonna do that. <laughs> me, DTF, and the Pharaoh. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you who they are later. We getting ready to do an interview on the last podcast, mm -hmm. and they had two girls there, right? Mm -hmm. So they come over, and they jump in the interview with us. As we're introducing ourselves, first thing, these two niggas look at me and go, oh, he married. I'm like, you know I was going to tell her, right? <laughs> yeah, we just helped you out. We thought we helped you out. <laughs> Y'all don't want to help out with shit otherwise. Make sure you don't have a chance in the bucket. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, friends, for keeping my home relationship great. <laughs> he done a Trump Joe ass. He made America great. Again. Both of them did. They said at the same time, he was on the same fucking wavelength. <laughs> oh, he's married. Good job, fellas. <laughs> Y'all some hating ass. <laughs> Lucky I don't say the N-word. Try to refrain from that as much as I can. But y'all that. <laughs> What's my son? What's Red Man's? Yeah, I be that. Yeah, that's, that's y'all. <laughs> Captain Save I Ass, motherfucker. <laughs> you sound like you mad about the shit. It's the principles of the shit. <laughs> I can see you sitting in the corner, too, just stewing on the shit for two hours. Just mm. Nah, we was all talking. I had to eat that shit, but I was God like, damn. These hating ass motherfuckers here. <laughs> That's what hey, that's that's what a lot of guys will do. They'll tell you, uh, he's married. <laughs> Even if they don't know you, if they trying to pick up a girl that you like or that you might uh be involved with, they do the same thing. Young ones do. Old ones be like, hey, that's that's the game. But young ones, I've had that a few times when I was in my early twenties. Mm -hmm. One guy told uh some girl I was somewhere out fondering. I was at work the whole time. You know he'd be out fondering at so and so's house. He uh -huh. over there right now. I'm at work the whole time. Been through that pity ass bullshit. That's why I only got a handful of friends right now. <laughs> <laughs> Moral of this story is do your dirt all by your by lonely. Your goddamn self. <laughs> Plausible deniability. Don't even ask them for an alibi. Just let them know, hey, some funny shit went down. And I'll tell you the story later. But other than that, no. <laughs> it ain't worth it. 
Speaking of ain't worth it, you think Britney Griner got a bad deal? I was, Hell no, nah, she skated. I'm going to say, I was, <laughs> I was at weed worth a little vacation, six uh, months, nine she months. She skated. <laughs> <laughs> that black people, man, they got her over there locked up. We don't even know what she eating. No, she eating, number one. I don't know what facility it she was locked up in. It might be some bread and water, but her ass was eating shit. Yeah. <laughs> you should have did the research on who the fuck you working for before you flew your ass across seas. So that's all I got to say about that. I'm not even going to say that part. I'm going to say... When you come to somebody else's house, you need to respect whatever they got going on respect and however they run their house. And just because people look on weed semi-favorably here in this country doesn't mean it's like that around the rest of the world. Matter of fact, a lot of the uh, so-called First Nations, uh, First World countries around the rest of the world, they don't have a high opinion of drugs. So that's number one. You're violating their laws. Number two, you're black in a white-facing country. Number three, you're a black woman in a white-facing country. Go play basketball in Amsterdam. Yeah, they let you get high as Cooter Brown over there. <laughs> but still, With a latte. Still, we don't know what the rest of their laws are. <laughs> Philip, remember, you know we watch Philip Smith all the time? Mm-hmm. He said it on his show, The African Diaspora. Mm-hmm. Why are y'all going to these white countries to get treated even worse than you do over here in this white country? That's, you know what? <laughs> you got a point. I say it all the time. All money ain't good money. I learned that the hard way. All money ain't good money. I would never take a job in Russia, Ukraine, and none of that bullshit-ass countries over there. I would not. You saw what happened in Ukraine when the shit went down. Yeah. They did not let them Africans evacuate. Yeah. Ain't no way in hell. True colors come out when people are in an emergency situation. Yeah. And what they did to those Africans was just inhumane and disgusting. And that's another thing. Why go someplace where it's not a lot of you there to begin with? So if somebody doesn't like you or you get in trouble, mm-hmm. you got next to no backup, no help. But that, that also comes from a, a mentality people get when they are in these um Athletic careers, these, um, you know, popularity careers. The I'm not black, I'm OJ syndrome. It's the I'm rich, bitch. That syndrome. I but all it. money ain't good money. I think You know, OJ actually said that. I'm not black, I'm OJ. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he got his wake up They start talking call. in third uh, person. <laughs> Till you get your wake up call, yep. Yeah. I understand. <laughs> you know what? Hollywood, the you know, all the entertainment, all the athletic industries, or whatever you want to call that shit, they always fill people head up, make them think they higher than everybody else mm-hmm. until they say one wrong word, and they show them at the end of the day, you still on. Oh, you didn't bet the hand that fed you. Yeah. At the end of the day, you still a you-know-who. <laughs> oh, man, that remind me. I'm looking at you, Stephen A. Smith, trying to take up for your white daddy. <laughs> I don't know if you know it, but he got mad at uh, what Corey Holcomb was saying because Corey drug his ass. I've been meaning to look that up. He drug him and uh, Gabrielle Union. 
I didn't look at the one about Gabrielle Union yet, but I I'm can waiting because I want to drag her ass myself, and I'm a female. <laughs> but back to Stephen A. Smith taking up for his white daddy. He actually got on his uh on the show and said, "Yeah, I got a podcast too, and I'm gonna talk that shit. I'm gonna get back at you. Don't nobody want to listen to that shit, Stephen. <laughs> you know what you sound like? This Candyland nigga." <laughs> That's what you sound like taking up for Jerry Jones. Why can't Jerry take up for his own self? He ain't got no problem opening his mouth any other time he want to say something. Let's say for what Jerry did back in the day, Jerry got some reparations to pay Yeah. first before you go taking up for him. And every time you turn around, you look at Steven as he taking up for the wrong motherfucker. And then when people get mad and he want to jump back over here with the black people, wake up, pick a team. Or we going to pick one for you. I think you're not ready to pick one. That wasn't the way to go, I tell you that. <laughs> Definitely not. I really think he didn't already pick one. Now, Jerry did come out and make his little press conference, which I don't give a damn. I don't follow uh, football anyway, number one. And we live in Houston, so it's Dallas is all off limits any damn way. <laughs> Nobody like no shit from Dallas around here. They should have been and got rid of Jerry. He can't. He on the team. I don't care. Quit watching that shit. <laughs> and that's what's wrong. We don't stop watching that shit. That's true. You know how much shit we can run when we show and we'll stop watching your shit? I'm not even going to say stop watching theirs. Let's just concentrate on us. Yeah. Or we'll stop buying your shit. You ain't got to just sit home and not do nothing. Just concentrate on you. Yeah. Concentrate on your people. But we got to go out. Go to black establishments. Do some black shit. Mm. Set up a Domino's terminal or something. Do some more black, black shit. Support black. I told my son about my last pair of Nikes. Yeah, have your have a hair braiding contest. Some black shit. Mm-hmm. I found a couple of people on Instagram that's making shoes, and I'm gonna check them out. Watch. <laughs> I'll let y'all know how it go. They probably got some good products. Yep. Yep. They be looking fly as hell. Go, you need to go look at those shoes. Y'all, and that's coming from a person that would only wear, well, it's got to be matching Nike everything, she used to tell me. <laughs> Even when I would bring up Adidas, nobody wear Adidas. You need to get you some Nikes. <laughs> so for her to say that, that's a lot. Nah, I'm not supporting nothing that's not supporting us anymore. <laughs> I'm not doing it. It's past time for us all to, uh, to act and think like that. Especially when, to me, when these stars are pushing stuff like Balenciaga, the average person can't afford that shit, let alone even say it. Mm-hmm. You know what that remind me of? What? Spell for Sashi. F-O. O. Sashi. What the fuck that remind me of? <laughs> we got to wear Balenciaga. No, we don't. I don't know what y'all going through, but it's struggle down here. I don't need to spend 300 plus for a shirt. You know, when I see these... um. African and black women on on social media, and they taking simple shit like old ass tights and shit, and making dresses out them hoes, and I'm like, it's too much damn talent. You know what? Honestly, that's how we used to live. Yeah, I'm not even talking about as far back as slave yard during Reconstruction. You can go back to the '70s and early '80s. That's how we used to live because you had somebody in your house that would repurpose things that you need to repurpose. Not all of us, all y'all parents, or if you our age, your siblings had brand new stuff, but the shit always looked good. Mm-hmm. 
you couldn't tell them shit. Yeah. Or, or like uh, some of the elders used to say, you couldn't touch them in the ass with a 10-foot pole. Yeah. They repurposed a lot of stuff. Everything wasn't super expensive. Why? Because we not just shop with us. We rebuilt our shit. We didn't wait. You couldn't wait for nobody to uh, come and help you. Number one, white folks weren't hiring us for those uh, most times for those high-paying jobs. Mm-hmm. That's how we end up being carpenters and rebuilding shit. Mm-hmm. Seamstresses. Everybody knew how to do something. There was mechanics. There was electricians. We all had something. Now, the average kid, they don't even want to get off the sofa. The parents not making them get off the sofa. But they can all be on YouTube and play video games. And then we wonder, well, why y'all want to do nothing when y'all grow up? What have they been taught to do? Mm-hmm. I personally had to start working when I was 12, and a lot of my peers also did. Not because at the time we needed money, but I needed to learn some life lessons. Mm-hmm. 12 years old, when, matter of fact, during the times of slavery, once you hit puberty, you was uh, they was marrying you off so you could uh, go and procreate and make more slaves. Imagine that, marrying your 12-year-old son or daughter off just so they could repeat the cycle. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they learned how to work at an early age. We should probably get back to learning how to work at an early age and instilling some different values in our they kids. They're going to call it child support and child labor and all that other shit. Now, nah, if the kid getting all the money. <laughs> it, it don't matter if the kid getting the money. It do because they're working under age. Now, no, I mean, they are, but at the same time, if these kids are, for instance, going out cutting yards, because Hispanics do it on the weekends, you see them out there with their kids working. Right. They going out there getting money, teaching their kids how to how to work with their hands, how to make a dollar. You remember I told you my son told me, well, I don't like to get dirty. <laughs> but you broke. That's you're 23 years old and you're broke and you don't like born being broke. In the, in, the, in the era of entitlement. And that's why it takes them like to take 30, 35 to realize, hey, I like to get dirty because now it becomes a get dirty, go to work, do some shit with my hands to get money in my pocket or I die. We can, you know what, we can be on the sidelines talking about the parenting situation now we want. But ain't nobody tried everything like I tried everything and the shit don't work. Can't say it don't work. It didn't work for you. That doesn't mean it's a hundred percent bad. It doesn't. It does work. I don't think it do. I think it. I does. think uh, no matter what you do, children take something negative about their childhood and use that as an excuse to hold back. You know why I say it works? Because mm. we were all raised like that. When we never stopped, we didn't get. We might not made a million dollars, but we know we had to push. We took that negative and be like, that's not how I want to live it. Now, me, myself, I, I personally feel I'm responsible for not keeping an adequate relationship with my son's mother where I could go and get him and push him mm-hmm. to be more than he's being right now. Mm-hmm. I 100% accept that responsibility. That's on me. Now, it's not on you. No, you can't do 100%. You have to do 50 No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying 100% me not making that not making enough effort allowing what anim- animosity between me and her is standing in my way. Right. That 100% is on me no matter how foul I might have felt about her. Mm-hmm. 
it was still my responsibility responsibility to keep pushing and trying. And that way, I failed him. And I want to try to make it up for him, mm-hmm. but I can't. I can't force him to change his mind or get up and do something. I have to let life kick him in the ass and learn, hey, I either need to do one thing or life is going to make me do something else. Mm-hmm. But that's that's what all of them eventually. Some kids, it, it's early age. Some kids, it's a later age. But eventually, they're going to be at that, that point in their life where they're going to have to realize if I don't work, I don't eat. Mm-hmm. And that's just all it is to it. Some of them is after mama and daddy gone to heaven. They don't learn it until then. And that's the entitlement part. Now say that again? About being in the mental space? Yeah. I just think that you as a parent, and I mean in general, not you personally, you can do the best you can, and you can teach them what you know. Kids are not born with manuals, so there's no perfect way to be a parent. All you can do is the best you can. But it won't work. When I say it won't work, if that child as an individual is not in a mental capacity to accept the information that you're trying to raise them on, it's not going to work. It's a lot of factors that play into that, but they have to be in that mental space. Otherwise, they're going to find the least bit of negative thing. It could be the one night out of 18 years they catch you drunk on the couch. That traumatized me for the rest of my life. That's what this generation of children is doing. Not realizing the shit we've been through. You know what I'm saying? And we still can get up and do what we have to do to go to work. I feel different about that for two reasons. Number one, to look at, in my opinion, to look at it like that says, why try if that's going to be the outcome? You might as well catch me every day drunk on the couch. Number two, Remember what I said, we probably need to start going back to, you know, getting them little jaws around the house or doing something where basically learn how to bust your knee and get up and keep going at an early age. That way they may look at it as, hey, I didn't get X, Y, or Z in my life. But you get to a point where you see, well, hey, but I did have A, B, C, D and everything before X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. They become more appreciative. I'm, I thoroughly believe that you cannot relate, raise a kid in total comfort and expect them to be a productive person because they have nothing to reach for. That I think your idea is, is, is good, but you have to be the kind of parent that's available 24 hours a day, and those kind of parents don't exist anymore because of economy problems. They have to go to work. Uh, laws, your child got to go to school, um, and other factors that interfere in that time. And that's only with this generation. That's in my opinion. Because remember I tell you each child, you know, my kids spaced apart, right, yeah. in age. So each each child is in a different generation, and it's a different personality trait of the generation. The oldest, I can just tell him, Dude, don't do that. That's not, that's not cool. Or he'll never do it again. Mama says it's not cool. The the other one, you have to kind of explain why it ain't cool. Why do we have to follow rules? That's the difficult question. You know, you have to explain that. And then the youngest one, 
they got a, 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 what do you say, the answer to why we got to follow rules. Each generation, it's a deeper, deeper explanation. You also got to look at their surroundings. Yep. The first one, raised around cousins. Everybody around them was pretty much the same age group. So if you say something's not cool, he can look around and see it's not just him getting these rules enforced upon him. Mm-hmm. It's a group of them. The next one, the age difference, she was pretty much by herself. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, she had older siblings, but then she's looking at them. I want to do what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Why can't I? And at that age, it's not going to compute in their head because they don't have that kind of processing power yet. All she knows is what she can't do. It's not just them. When Remember when I say we have season called, I'm going to say read the room mm-hmm. on social media? Go look at those younger kids coming up with solutions to things on the Constitution that's not worded right. As, of all nationalities. As they should. They was not doing it before. Read the room. We wasn't doing a lot of things at that yeah. time. We wasn't, number one, we wasn't raised to know our history for the most part. Mm-hmm. We go to history classes. There was very very little outside of February that we learned. We learned about Peanuts, George Washington Carver. We learned about Martin Luther King. I didn't learn about Malcolm X till after. After I got out of high school. Mm-hmm. I didn't learn it was people actually fighting back. I heard it was a few escaped slaves. I didn't know the magnitude of the rebellions. I didn't know the magnitude of the escapees. That's what I was saying. Read the room. This didn't happen until Trump got in the office. Nobody really knew what the true history was. Nobody really knew to even look into it until we figured out that this man is lying. So, oh, what else are they lying about? I don't think it was because of Trump. I think it kind of coincides with Trump. Because in our generation, there are a lot of people that were starting to learn about their history. And what do parents do most of the times? When I learn something, I'm going to try to pass it down to my kids. A lot of people that were starting to learn about their history. And what do parents do most of the times? When I learn something, I'm going to try to pass it down to my kids. We've taught Didi so far way more than I learned growing up about our history. Now, family history, we're about what and what. Because as I remember the stories that I learned growing up that our family has done, mm-hmm. I try to pass them on to her before I forget them, before they're gone forever. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I said the kid's name again. I'll blot that out. A lot of them, a lot of parents do, but understand a lot of parents don't have their history. Just like they say grandmas are getting younger and younger. Yeah. The history don't get passed down anymore. Just like when I tell you mine, I can only give you certain sides. I can't give you the full thing. I saw a, uh, it was on the Ricky Smiley show. They were saying that's basically what you're saying. They say a lot of y'all never even don't even know your great grandparents. Exactly. And that just had made me look back at how fortunate I was on my mom's side. Mm-hmm. I knew her daddy's mother, which was uh, my great grandmother, and I also knew her mother. She died when I was nine, so I I basically knew my great grandmother, my great great grandmother, my grandmother, and my mother. When we with me, that's five generations that were around and walking and talking to me on this earth. Mm-hmm. But remember, I used to tell you you were so lucky to be over forty and still at the grandma. Yeah, you were very lucky because mine died at three when I was three, so I barely remember what she looked like. I got to keep looking at that picture. 
And I don't remember what my grandfather looked like. And yeah. as far as their parents, I'm lost. Yeah, that's a hard one for me, too, when it comes to uh, my dad's side of the family. Because mm-hmm. I want my kids to know their grandfather. But I know my grandfather, I mean, their grandfather isn't receptive. Mm-hmm. So to b- bar them from hurt, I try to stand between all that. And I, I always dread when they ask me about it, mm-hmm. which I wish I didn't have to do it. But in my mind, I'm, like, I'm trying to save you from a heartache because that man may not be real respect, receptive to meeting you. He may not react kindly at all. And it's not because he's mentally deranged or anything. That's just his personality. Mm-hmm. Well, you know I can't comment on nobody's family dynamics. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, one more thing, and uh, I think we're going to be out after that. This is something Tara asked me about, and she's probably a lot more equipped to handle this question than I am. Women crying wolf. Oh, yeah, let me give you a scenario. We were just talking about that this morning, Jazz and I. Um, From back in... 1955, when Carolyn Bryant lied on Emmett Till, up to Amber Heard, women, certain women, have been doing what I call crying wolf is falsely accusing men something. Do you realize a lot of these men getting out of prison after all these years was from wrongful rape accusations? False allegations. Sexual assault. You see that? You see that? And I just think that is so messed up. Even for black women. Let me give you a scenario. Black women, I'm not going to say all, they have a certain group of them that love to start physical fights with men. And when they lose, what do they want to do? I need to call somebody. Call the cops or call Ray Ray and Pookie and them. Some kind of revenge. They want revenge. But you costing people their freedom. Their lives. Look at Chris Brown. People looking at him like he's a physical abuser. He won the fight. You know what? Honestly, with Chris Brown. And that's just my opinion. He won the fight. Because if you didn't want him putting his hands on you, you don't put your hands on him. You don't try to grab his property. If you feel like he's cheating, you walk the fuck away. Sit. You know why I don't really think about that situation? I mean, I feel bad for both of them in that. But I really don't think the media should have made that much of it, number one. They were a grown couple in a dispute. The truth is probably never going to get 100% released. I mean, now we're starting to see that, hey, whatever happened, most people had the wrong idea about it. Am I wrong? Let me tell you something. The media been rocking like that since the media was the goddamn media. So the minute you, as a famous person, call 911 or go make a police report that becomes public, what do you expect? Whatever sales papers or views. I mean, that's common sense. Whatever sales papers or views. Mm -hmm. And as a people, we love mess. Negative publicity. Yep. 100% true. But I just don't count. I don't call... That between Rihanna and Chris Brown abuse. I call it a fight. 
and she lost. If you didn't want to be in physical altercation, you would have never swung and hit him. Originally, she didn't even call the police. Somebody else did. Then you had still had to know. Keep your business to yourself. After fight, you out, but take your ass home. True that. Well, how about no? Don't call the police. I lost. That's what the fuck it is. Or when you give your statement, tell exactly how it happened. True that. But again, they raising it uh, in the era where nobody's supposed to take an L. I just think, you know, they could have cost that man his freedom, his career, and that would weigh heavily on my conscience. I can't do that. That's funny. People always talk about the Illuminati. I don't think there's any real such thing. What you have is people who don't give a damn about nobody around them. Like you said, it would weigh heavily on your on your conscience. A lot of these folks don't have a conscience outside of making money and being famous. That's where everything gets fucked up. I don't up. care if they call it the Illuminati, the 1%, whatever the fuck you call these high, rich, rich people. There's a group, and they work together. I don't care. And they got a stronghold on this country. On the world. <laughs> and that's why we're at crunch time. We either as black people going to get it together and start uniting and stop beefing, or we going to falter. We going to, what did Moon say? Deep lose. <laughs> <laughs> Now we're at the point where we don't have a choice. So true. <coughs> so true. They talk, They trying to change the Constitution. They trying to change laws. They already changed the voting maps in Texas. So that's why we can't get a Democrat in office to save our goddamn life. Yeah, because Ted Cruz damn sure need to go. I mean, goddamn, that boy First need to of get all, out he of need to get out of politics and he need to go concentrate on his family. His goddamn daughter cutting on herself and shit. When that happened? Last week. You didn't know? Nope. She was in the hospital. I be trying not to pay attention to Ted Cruz. I said she sliced her arms up and stuff. She cut her. She's a cutter. He probably don't give a damn outside of what it, what it can do for him. Uh, Baby, publicity. Every time I see a story like that, just like when Bush was in office and them damn twins was getting them drunk charges and shit, mm -hmm. that's a God is trying to tell you something moment as a parent. Yeah, but are you receptive to the message? Get your ass out the limelight and go concentrate on what's important. The thing is, is that what's important to them? It ain't. And if your children are not important to you, that say a lot about your character. You really do. You really do. All right, we getting ready to get out of here, y'all. Uh, I'm, I'm a, you got something else? Black business shout outs. We can make a different segment because I still got to cut and put something else in there. Okay. So we getting ready to get out of here, y'all. So I'm going to go back to an oldie that I actually like from 76, the Eagles Hotel California. Oh, gee. Love this shit. (laughs) 
You wasn't saying that. Matter of fact, you wasn't saying that when Tupac sampled this shit, was you? It's Tupac. Bias <laughs> <laughs> is a motherfucker. Okay. Oh well, yeah, I am when it's coming to Tupac. No, Bob Marley did a version of this too. Again. You should have found that version. I got it, but I ran across this one first when I was looking him up. Oh. Good night, y'all. She stood